Welcome to the Nat and Sarah Show, where we aim to touch, move, and inspire you every single week. Really? We're really going to introduce our own show? Maybe we should leave it to the pro. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. One second, ladies. Here we go. Sarah Maxwell and Natalie Cook are experts in visualization and deliberate use of the law of attraction. As dynamic world athletes representing Canada and Australia in beach volleyball, they honed in on achievement at the highest level. Winning an Olympic gold medal on her home beach of Bondi is a pinnacle example. Their powerful techniques transmute the spiritual to the tangible, allowing thousands of their community members to bring their vision boards to life. Recently, they've taken their expertise on the road as the full-time family, where they inspire, coach, and lead people to create their unique, deliberate family life using a simplified three-step process. Welcome to the Nat and Sarah Show. Join us for twice-weekly episodes. Each week, Nat and Sarah will teach us how to deliberately create results in all areas of life using their unique three-step process. Not only that, they'll also sit down with some of their favorite high achievers who have manifested what most merely dream about. Are you a member of the community? Go to bit.ly slash the Nat and Sarah show to download your three-step journal to follow along with each workshop style teaching episode and get ready to take action on your inspirations. Today, we continue the conversation with a young woman who's currently living in the body she used to only dream about. Even as a 12-year-old, she recalls her morbidly obese body lying in her bed praying to Jesus for a miracle transformation that would allow her to look and feel like her friends. And here she is in her 30s, having been 330 pounds, which is 150 kilos, only six years ago, to now a tall, fit, and healthy CrossFit trainer at 165 pounds, which is 74 kilos. And she just completed her first marathon. Like, stop it. How the heck did this Atlantic Canada teacher create the change? How does the dream she had for herself as a child come to manifest itself? When all those years, she felt like she was failing and just yo-yo dieting. Like, how do dreams really come true? Let us explore and dive deeper into your life, Sandy Champion, in order to help unwind the often twisted and misunderstood path of the dream. So you ready to jump into all this? Oh, yeah, I'm ready. Were, were you born ready? Is that? I was born ready. I was five weeks early, I think. <laughs> were you five weeks early? Yeah, I was, a, I was early. Yeah. Didn't know that. A surprise, I'm sure, for most. <laughs> for most people. Well, Sandy, your story is gripping, and I know it's your life, so it doesn't often feel gripping, but could you share with us a little bit about what does it feel like to be morbidly obese as a kid, a teenager, even in your 20s, and like, clearly that couldn't have been easy. What was it like? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's still so close to where I am now, like I'm still sometimes I have that I'm still there kind of moments. Mm. So I still kind of feel like it. But I mean, when I was a kid in high school and going to the mall with my friends and I couldn't buy clothes at these regular stores. And even when I was younger than that, I'm aware, like kids are aware of their, you know, their friends Mm. and you're aware that you're different. And, you know, it, it, 
it it was a really hard part of my life and I kind of you know I've said this before I've kind of made up for it by being funny and you know being outgoing and wanting to have people want me around in that way so um it feels like it was just you know last week for me wow yeah so it's still very present for me but it has been you know six seven eight years since I've made this huge change and so we were just looking at photos of you know, you teaching and you're unrecognizable to me because I didn't know you then. Yeah. But, you know, you mentioned I wanted to be around. I wanted to be with, you know, your friends and all that. Some people I know go a bit reclusive. Yes. You didn't, right? You right. still stayed out in the world. Right. So what did it feel like to be out in the world with your friends who look different than you? Yeah, I, f- I really felt I was aware of it for yeah. sure. It didn't feel good. I felt sad. I felt hopeless. Really thought that this was where this was going to be my life. I thought I was going to be alone. (laughs) You know, I didn't think that I would be able to make a, you know, a meaningful, loving relationship with somebody else. And at some points I was like, just be okay with this. And that was probably the darkest parts for me was when Mm. you kind of give up right and I had lots of those and months of those and years of those really yeah so I mean there were definitely bad times and um I don't know what it was it was more so my personality and and I did you know I was trying to be fun and funny and I wanted to be accepted I wasn't going to be accepted because I looked good well I, I mean I say I didn't look good I still think like Everybody said to me, oh, you always had a pretty face. So thank you. Thank you, everybody. Um, So it's not that I was like ugly or whatever, but I just wasn't, I knew that I wasn't going to be like everybody else. So it was really hard. Yeah. And so even though there were dark moments and you felt like you were different, you had a dream though. Like you still hope for stuff, even though there was hopeless moments. Tell me a little bit about that that glimmer of hope that you used to, you know, like what that yeah. it would shine through. Yeah, it's it was and it wasn't a goal. It's a dream. Like a goal for me now, I still set tons of goals and I'm, you know, slowly picking away at little things. Those are goals I feel are within a year, within the next two years. This was something I thought almost would never happen, mm-hmm. but I wanted it to happen. I didn't know how it was going to happen or I didn't know how long it was going to take, but I wanted it to. It, I didn't Ooh, even think I could do it, but I wanted it. I like that. Yeah. Thanks for distinguishing goal and dream yeah. in a way because it's true. Like a dream almost feels like – that's why sometimes the word fantasy is – really closely associated because there's no parameters right it's kind of pie in the sky yes so you were saying at 12 you're sitting there like 175 pounds yeah like classified as morbidly obese and you were hoping for the magic wand to come overnight I wanted to and I mean I grew up in a catholic town and you know I went to church when I was a kid I don't so much anymore sorry mom but you know (laughs) I would say at night please God, I just want to wake up and I want to look like my friends or I want to not be, you know, I'm buying pants when I'm 18. I'm buying size 24 pants. 
you know, I can't do that with my, I can't share clothes with my friends. I want that. I would say at night. And so would I get up and do anything about it? No, but this is what I mean. Like a dream. If it was a goal, you know, I get up and say, okay, I'm going to eat a good breakfast, do this, do this. That's not what it was. It was something I wanted and I didn't know how I was going to get it. Or if I would. So what do you think had you make the dream at night yeah. and wake up and not do a thing about it? I don't know what it was. This is it. I wish I wish I had more insight in that time of my life because I was just, it's a hard, long battle. I'm still working on it now. Right. You know what I mean? It's not something like, oh, I'm going to get really good at golfing. If I start it today and I work on it for a few weeks, I get a little bit better and you can see tangible evidence say you're getting better at something with this it didn't happen quick for me even though I had a lot of weight to lose Mm -hmm. I didn't see it happen quick enough so I would quit right Right. so I just felt like no matter what I do I fail I go back down I try something else I go you know I keep failing so I don't know what it what it would have looked like if I got up and said, okay. And I probably did. Like, you know, there were probably things where I was like, I'm going to get up and I'm going to play basketball with my friends and do this. And, but you know, more so I felt like if I prayed harder, it might just happen. Prayer seemed like the better route. <laughs> exactly. The other, stuff yeah. was too hard. the other stuff was way too hard. Okay. So tell me some of the things you did to try to lose weight. Yeah. So I played, I did, I was an active kid. I did play basketball. Um, my, like my nutrition and stuff wouldn't have been anywhere near where it is now or any, you know, we would not have been conscious of it. Um, but then when I got into high school, you know, high school until I was probably 25, I've done Weight Watchers, LA Weight Loss. I've tried the South Beach Diet. I've done Simply for Life. Uh, I've I've done, uh, Paleo. I've gone to Curves and the Good Life and the YMCA and I've done Pilates and yoga and I've done it all. (laughs) I love that you remember. Okay. So Let's go into one of them. So yeah. you said when you were younger, with your mom was helping you, and you yeah. went to Curves, right? Yeah, we went to Curves, and she went with me, which is huge. Got That's it. great. So you know, how yeah. long, so did you get any results? Um, I probably didn't get enough of what I needed. Again, I was having dreams of me waking up skinny. So when that wasn't happening. It was like, this was, does not This work. doesn't work. Cross it off the list. But going there, I thought that was so awesome for my mom to come. I mean, she's, you know, she's overweight and she saw that even when I was that young, I wasn't happy and, you know, she wanted to help me and that's going outside of her comfort zone. And, you know, my aunts even came and I had some friends come too. So it was a good moment for sure to for them to show that they supported me like that and they needed it too. And you know, (laughs) everybody can use some physical activity. Um, but it just wasn't, first of all, I don't think I liked going. Mm. And so then to go was a chore, even though it was like 30 minutes, but even now, I mean, I found things that I absolutely love doing every day and I wake up excited to go and do them. Mm-hmm. So sometimes now when I talk to people, I'm like, it doesn't have to be what I do. You have to find what you like to do because even if it's walking your dog every day, you're not going to, you know, want to come and hit a workout with me and do whatever if you don't like it. So walk your dog. 
do, right? yeah, do the, so what was the first thing that you can remember that you kept doing? Um, I remember when I was, I was living in New Brunswick and I was going to university there and I had started doing a diet program with my friend and this was the first time. And I think more so for me in my head, I didn't put a time parameter on what I was doing. So everything else I said in my head, well, if it doesn't in, in a month, you know, if I didn't lose 20 pounds, I quit. I'm doing this. I have my friend's wedding. I need to get ready for the wedding. It was the mm. first time there was no, again, we talked about it a little bit, but pressure put on me by myself to have it done by a certain time or whatever. And, you know, I was just, I was going on the elliptical. I was going after work. It was close to where I was. I wasn't doing a lot, but it was the first time that I saw a little bit of success and I just kept going. And right. you said, I remember a long time ago when we first talked, you said that you loved like the social aspect. Yes. Like you were chatting. Yes. So Sandy's a chatter, everybody. I'm a shitty chatter, yes. And you would just, you loved the environment, yeah. the community. Yeah. So it was, so it was yeah. a it was a YMCA, right? They have a beautiful Y there. And I would go after work and my friend Katie would come and we would chat and do this. And it was awesome. Everybody in the community went there. It was really close to the school that I worked at. So the families were there. The kids would go there after school and I'd see everybody there. So it was a social thing. That's what brought me there. And then a few years later when I moved, I started going to a kind of a globo gym. And there... Um, you know, people had their headphones in and that's a different style. That's not, it's not wrong because, you know, some people want to get in their own zone. This is the only time they have for themselves. So mm -hmm. that's what they wanted to do. But for me, like, you know me, Sarah, if I go somewhere and I don't talk to anybody for an hour, it's totally weird to me. Like <laughs> yep. if nobody's coming up and talking to me within the first five minutes where I'm somewhere, I'm like, oh, this is a strange environment. I must so get out. I must leave. Yeah. So that, those types of places don't work for me, but it took me a long time to figure out what works that for what me. Yeah. And I want, I hope everyone that's listening is picking up some distinctions. I think I haven't even been able to make them until hearing you say this idea of goal and dream. Mm. I think sometimes you were having a dream for your life, but then you were putting on the clothing of goals. Like right. for example, this doesn't work in 30 days. You're right. trying to like, I'm going to make up a word, goalerize a dream. Yeah. And in a way, I I'm seeing more and more that that's not what a dream is. No. And it's like you said, you let go of the parameters. It wasn't about a time set anymore. Exactly. It was about being in it. It's lifestyle. This is who I am. Absolutely. I like being here. Absolutely. And hmm. I, I remember there, I was going to the gym for about, you know, probably six or eight months and I had lost like 50 pounds. It's a ton of weight to lose. Like that's a huge milestone, but I plateaued a bit. So I was going and going and weighing myself and I was like, oh my gosh, nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. And typically in the past, that's when I would have been jump ship. You know, well, this isn't working. Obviously I needed to go and quit. But for some reason I kept going. Like I was meeting my friend Amber there. Or I was meeting Katie there and I just kept going. Like I just held on a little bit longer that just holding on that and and then you know a few weeks later it kept dropping and dropping and before I knew it it felt like a flash I yeah. was it had happened so it's it's almost like you you know you reach that that really low low or and then you think you can't get any better and then it does and it does you know or you mm. just always darkest right before it becomes dawn so right yeah 
there's like this amazing, I don't know if you've ever seen this visual where someone's excavating through a tunnel Yeah. and you can visually see that there's a diamond right on the other side, but the person who's like digging doesn't know that. Right. And it's getting darker and darker. Right. And like when you're in it, it's like you don't know the diamond's exactly. there. And only now, so if you're in this situation, like depending on where you are in Sandy's journey, I mean, it was pretty dark at oh, times and hopeless. Yes, and hopeless. this isn't working. And it definitely probably didn't seem like the dream was coming true. Right. However, like you said, then there was an opening and there's like little diamonds along right. the way. So here we are. You've been doing this pr- very consistently for the past six years. Right. So... I, I want to get into what's brought you to today, having completed marathons, you're a new CrossFit trainer, you you just completed a running team yeah. relay, which is over 330 kilometers, yeah. ridiculous. So what have you been doing over the past six years? Uh, I've been over, the, the last six years has been some of the coolest moments for me and some really dark ones as well. I mean, for people who are out there that have lost a lot of weight, you will always struggle with food and you're still going to have failures. So we have this thing in our school when, you know, when kids fail, F-A-I-L, we call it, it's your first attempt in learning. So I'm still learning about this whole thing because now I see it as a lifestyle and I want to be doing this when I'm 90 years old. I still want to be crossfitting and running. I still have that. But right now, the last six years has the the hard parts are me struggling with my relationship with food and fueling for for what I want to do and knowing that I the biggest fear is for me to gain my weight back right, right? it's never going to happen to me I found a passion I love my life now I say to people I've been on both sides of it this uh-huh. side is better it's healthier I have more energy I don't sleep as much I'm not always warm I can do things with my friends it's better um but now that and specifically I mean I don't work for CrossFit I get nothing from them but for me that has been one of the things that has saved me because I was going to these global gyms with the headphones and stuff and again that's great for some people but people there were just shrinking and um, I'm 5'9", I'm 165 pounds, I'm not a skinny girl, I have muscle, and when I went to this CrossFit gym, I go to CrossFit Kinetics, when I went there, it's not your aesthetics that's valued, it's your strength. Hmm. So they see bigger women, and I say bigger, I'm not, I don't consider myself big, but um, they see women like me mm-hmm. as better athletes, or, you know, the value system is different, and I needed that. Mentally, I needed to have that, which was really cool for me because now we, you know, the girls there, the women there, we support each other to lift heavier, to be better in a non-physical, like in a non-aesthetics way. Right. Right. It's about strength or strength and speed and competing with each other, not against each other for our looks. And it was just a really mentally a good supportive environment for me in that way. And I love the variety that it gives me. I mean, I've just this past year, I've gotten a little bit faster with my running. So it's encouraged me a lot to keep going, you know, and that keep going, that holding on, that's a practice skill. Like it's not, I mean, I think people have it, but if you need to really work on that and be conscious of it in the moments when you can, right? right? So, um, let's wait. I want to interrupt just to highlight that. So when you say this is a practice skill, because a lot of 
there's a lot of talk these days about grit, resilience, stamina. And I feel some people are associating this a lot with young kids, Mm -hmm. which is great. But I sense that people kind of have this, you have it or you don't. You're born with it. And and no. Like to me, like your life is a demonstration of anything is possible when practiced over and over again. Exactly. And I mean, I said it to you earlier, I was doing, we were at our gym and we're setting some goals. We're doing goal setting sessions. So, you know, oh, you want to get a pull up. This is a goal. You want, here are some steps to help you get this goal. Work on this, do this. And so we're setting goals and everybody talks about smart goals and, and I agree with them. They should be specific. You should measure them timely, all those things. But at the end of it, this little, I get this little like, smile and this little twinkle in my eye and I say but you know what think crazy set a big dream for yourself because I am a living proof that it can happen like I prayed for this and now I'm living it it's insane nobody nobody that ever knew me growing up would ever think that I could do it and even still sometimes I don't think I could do it but I'm doing it I'm practicing I'm I'm trying. Mm. So I'm digging in and and holding on and I'm excited for next week. I'm excited for next year. I'm excited for more, but never, ever, ever. And I cannot explain to you enough ever. Did I think or anybody else think that I could Mm. and it happened. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Thank you for saying that about dreams because I think there's a sense, you know, even with goals, it's like make them realistic. Exactly. And that like, you know, this is the Nat and Sarah show, and Nat is just so, it's like her body can't handle that word, because her whole life has not been realistic. I know, it's so Realistic. Awesome. It's like, to me, that's just what you can even comprehend. Your, your transformation is incomprehensible. So, I just, before we end, I just want to tap in slightly to this idea that your body has moved and shifted. Yeah. But your mind, tell right. describe that thing you were saying when you were going to your little run clinic. Right, yeah. So in my head, and it might be my body too, um, you know, I've literally lost half of my body. So I've been split down the middle. Um, and so I'm, you know, I train with a run club at my gym and we have a great time. But one of the things that I'm, you know, my the coach is trying to help me with is keeping my elbows close to my body when I'm running because I totally flare them out like I'm a linebacker and so I'm running and they're like Sandy keep your elbows in keep your elbows in but I have a complete false sense of my own size so (laughs) so I'm still running like this and I'm happy as a clam but it is hard to it's hard to get my brain around it and sometimes even I catch myself in a picture on Facebook I'm like look that's not me because the majority of my life It was the other me. Uh And even you guys, you know, people who I know in Halifax now, I live, I moved there when I was already like this. So it's a totally, it's two lives. Right. So tell me about this identity transformation that you're going through. So I can see that it's like, okay, so firstly, this running thing, when you described it to me, I didn't even get it. I was like, yeah, well, that's just her style. No. Why were you putting your arms out like that? Because that's where my elbows would have normally rested. Do you on my hear body. that, guys? Like, if you just put, take your arms and put them out, it's like she was accommodating a body that doesn't exist in quote unquote reality. And however, in your mind, yeah, you were trying to accommodate. So 
you know, it's a bit of body dysmorphia. Oh, it totally, yeah, it's absolutely. So, back to identity. So, if your identity is transforming, what are the things that you currently do to kind of, like, get things to line up, you know, that yeah. that what's really occurring and what you feel is occurring? Do you do anything at the moment? I don't really do a lot of things. Um... I mean, pictures are great and my friends are all great and they've known me for so long. So they know everything I've been through and I'm still, I still have that personality that I still always had. And I knew even when I was a kid, I was funny and people wanted to spend time with me and I had older friends. I had lots of friends. So I still am that same person. As far as like the body thing, I'm still working on it. I'm still, I'm still practicing with it, Mm. with a lot of parts of it, because it's not easy. It's not, you wake up and you're different Mm. and you move forward. It's not that again, it's another skill that I'm practicing every day, you know? And so it it will continue. And I talk, I have a lot of self-talk. Like I said, yesterday I was doing a workout outside and I say, usually I go into the bathroom right before the workout (laughs) and I say, okay, you're going to do this, this, this. And so Practicing talking to myself in a positive way has changed a lot of things. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Thank you for saying that, you know, your work in progress oh, because yeah. I think that it's an everyday growing thing. Yeah. And I don't know if you're murder mystery podcast. So Sandy mm-hmm. has this obsession that <laughs> I think if we transform what she's listening to, <clears throat> but you have some wild dreams for you know, what's coming next. So yeah. what are some of the wild ones I know. that you've got? Tell the I have, world. I have wild ones, but then I also have small goals. You know, I'm working on I don't want to know the goals. Okay, okay. Come on. So um, now I'm 32, and my goal is to go to the CrossFit Games. Love now it. I'm not I'm not putting a time parameter on it, because um, you can go up until you're 65 or older. Perfect. So I'll be working on that for the next 30 years. Um, but I want to run faster. I want to do one of those mountains on the Cabot Trail. Um, you know, I want to travel and I want to talk to people everywhere. That's when, you know, I see people at my gym and they're doing this. I'm like, I'm so jealous because of your journey. And my, I have this little tagline. Sometimes I say to people, the joy is in the journey. So you're just getting started on it and you're going to learn so much about yourself. And that makes me excited for them. And so, you know, what do you even, what's a wild thing you want to do for your journey and your career? Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, I'm still working on those dreams and yeah. journeys. I would like to do what you and Nat do, you know, spread positive and messages and talk to everybody and experience that and travel the world and do awesome. all those kind of things. Yeah. And bring your singing career to life. To life. And Don't something. do it, Sandy. You know, normally she breaks out into Celine Dion, <laughs> but I saw her and I kind of wanted her to do it. And you yeah. can, Sandy, if you... I'm, yeah, but maybe the next time. Just so people know, this is we're going to just paint this picture, okay? Sandy and I are at Beach Week in Atlantic yes. Canada and we are sitting on my mom's bed overlooking the Atlantic Ocean right now. It's beautiful. Sandy is dating my brother. Mm-hmm. And when my brother gets his stuff together, and they'll soon be married, he'll love that this is going live. (laughs) And so, you know, Sandy, it's such a blessing to be able to bring this to people, your story that she thinks is so average, and we think is so extraordinary. I am just a normal person. That's what I want to say to everybody. I am not extraordinary. I am not. I'm so ordinary. But that means you can do it, too. Right. Because... 
I mean, everybody has a story, like we said, but there's no superstar quality of me. I didn't excel in sport. I didn't excel in, you know, I'm not super smart. I mean, I'm smart enough, but I didn't (laughs) excel in one thing. And, you know, I'm just a normal person. And I set big big dream goals for myself mm-hmm. and I've practiced the quality of never giving up. Yeah, right. I practice that. that. Brilliant. And you know, it's a bit Buddhist, but either everybody's ordinary or everyone is extraordinary. And I think both of those are true together. That's so cool. And so Sandy, when, you know, I heard your story, it just, something about it just pierced through the everyday of what's possible. And I'm so happy that, you're willing to share your story. I'm really inspired by you. Oh, thank you. I got to I'm run next to Sandy you. today and, you know, I'm a better person. Oh, I had so much fun. It's awesome. You guys are inspiring. And, and like you said, everybody has a story to tell. And, you know, I want people to think that they can do anything. You can do anything. It's amazing. And if you're listening to this, I'd love, you know, we want to hear your story because that's what inspires us, knowing that something Sandy said has inspired your journey. And even if you're in the hopeless place, because Sandy was in many more hopeless ones, I think, oh, yeah, than hopeful. Yeah, yeah. However, the dream for her life was still living, even when she wasn't totally connected to it. So we'd love to hear from you and what you're going through and, and just be a part of your success. And um, thank you. Thank you so much. This was a lot of fun. You thank did you. it. Yay. Number one, down. Yay. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Don't forget to join the community at bit.ly slash the Nat and Sarah show to download your three-step journal and participate in weekly lives found only in our private group. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You've got to rate and review the show. And I know all the podcasts are always asking this. And in the past, I wasn't doing it. And the reason I wasn't doing it is because I actually didn't know how to do it. So open your podcast player and click on our show from your library, not the listen now. That's where I was going wrong in the past. So now that you know how to do it, when you go there, make sure you give us a five-star review. Five stars, five stars, five stars. And then click on write a review link to actually write a review so that you can tell other people that we're legit and even funny, maybe a bit serious. So if you want to recommend this to someone, you have to put your fingers on the keys and send us a review. Thanks.